Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Welcome back here to campus of Trade Show University. As we are continuing to bring on just amazing guests, you are going to love today's guest because this is a topic I'm guessing a lot of people might have a little bit of confusion about, and that is demand gen versus lead gen in our marketing and our strategies. And I have on just the perfect person who lives this world, and that is <laughs> Vanessa Zangardi. Vanessa is a business owner, the co-owner of Zangardi Studio. She is a mom, a wife, a relentless pursuit of teaching and helping people understand that marketing isn't scary and that you can do it no matter how big or small your business is. That is a message we all need to hear. Vanessa, welcome to Church University. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on, Jim. I am so excited to talk and have a great conversation with you. Absolutely. This is this is going to be a lot of fun for me as well because I get confused at times about demand gen and lead gen. So let's let's set the groundwork. What is demand gen and what is lead gen? So neither one of these concepts is new. There, you just kind of have new names to them, right? Marketers like to spruce things up and make it shiny and new and talk about it, right? That's part of what we do. So lead gen is something, and it's a marketing strategy and tactic that we've relied on for you know a long time, right? It's getting leads in. And a lot of that is based on what you currently know about your audience, right? Who is interacting with you and who you want to interact with you. So when you think of lead generation, you can think top of funnel type of stuff. You can think of you know, giving your email for a PDF to read and then assuming you're going to get followed up with with emails and phone calls and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're a qualified lead in a lot of CRM systems because you did something and they are targeting you based on what they know or they're you know, hypothetically thinking about their audience or their target audience. So you're a lead, you're working kind of down that funnel to become actually an SQL and then be dumped to your sales team and then hopefully, you know, convert the transaction, right? So that's kind of what we think about lead generation. Now, demand generation falls in line with that funnel, that customer journey top to bottom from interest all the way to transaction. But what demand gen does is it gets your audience interested at the very, very highest top level of that funnel. So if you're thinking of like a cake, that very, very top layer of that cake, That's what you want your audience to taste. And so demand gen works on adding value and really speaking to your audience authentically so that you level out your lead system, you level out and you gain more MQLs and you try to get those in at that very top of funnel to then work through to get down to the bottom of the funnel. Now, what's really fun about demand gen is that there's not a ton of really great metrics out there. So it gives marketers a little bit more ability to have fun and test and hypothesize. So we're kind of having 
a renaissance of marketing where we're going back before we had times of all this data that we could gather on Google Analytics and Instagram and podcast reviews, right? And views and all that kind of stuff like that and listens to a time in which we say, well, we think our audience thinks this is valuable. Let's do a TikTok about it. Let's do a podcast about it. Let's create this content and give it away. So we add value so that over time, the audience that you want to interact with is like, oh, I have this relationship. I trust them. They gave me value. I really like the way the brand presents themselves and they naturally move their way down with less friction. So they work hand in hand. A lot of businesses now do both those together, but the conversation around demand gen is interesting because it's a little bit more of a wild west for us marketers. So cool. So it's a great way to, <laughs> that you put that. And it's, uh, I haven't heard it quite that way before. And I love that. I love it. So it sounds like a demand gen is really more of a long, longer play than lead gen can be, can be. Yes. Would you say yes. That? Okay. Yeah. No, you have big businesses out there that can dump a lot of money into doing this hypothesis, this testing, this kind of marketing science, if you will. So like we're talking about big brands like Nike and Coca-Cola and some of those you know, millions of dollar marketing budgets, right? They're a little bit more agile. So if they're doing demand generation, they can play a little bit easier. But what you'll see that kind of ties in interestingly to things like that is like the plays businesses are making in meta and web three, like McDonald's buying virtual real estate, right? Mm. In metaverse and web three, Panera has some trademarks out in web three and the way that everything's moving that way with AI and, you know, VR. So they're working on taking big risks and hoping that demand gen in that case, right? Taking a big risk, top funnel, what are people going to be doing? So that's like a very outlandish example. But you have these big businesses able to do that so they can work faster. It's not to say that you can't as a small business do these types of things. But to your point, Jim, you're going to have to understand it's probably a little bit longer of a game. But the idea is to get to a point where people are asking for your business or service by name. We use Coca-Cola as an example, right? When you go to a restaurant, it doesn't matter what they serve, right? You sit down, they say, well, can I get you a drink? You say, can I have a Coke? Or if you're a Pepsi person, works similarly. Can I have a Pepsi? They say, I have a Coke. You say, that's fine, right? In your head, it doesn't matter. They've created that demand over these decades, right? So that you just automatically assume you're going to get a Coke. You want a Coke, Coke's in your head, that's it. So for, for people listening out there that are like, okay, I'm not Coke, I'm not Panera, I'm not McDonald's, I, and I don't have decades to build this. I've got, I need to bring, start bringing in money, you know, in the next six to 12 months. That's where my, my thought is. So do you have any, any examples of demand gen that could be more compressed? so that it is not so it's not you're not reliant on oh my gosh decades that we have to wait for for this kind of this kind of results yeah yeah i mean that's like that's the name of the game right how fast can you work how agile can you be how low budget can you spend on these types of things right yeah. well, we're up against it with our clients day in and day out and we're having these conversations with people everywhere right entrepreneurs startups even big businesses who, who just are maybe more tenured so they're like I don't understand what you're asking me to do. Like I've been doing lead gen and it seems to work okay, right? But then you get into it like how good are the leads and et cetera, et cetera. We all know on the marketing end of that and you know, any kind of sales sometimes leads aren't so good. So what can you do if you are trying to be agile and trying to start this up with a low budget, low amount of people or whatever small team? I would say start creating any kind of content you can. And if you have 
a lower following, let's say we're going to use social media because that's where you find a lot of this content creation and this demand gen because people spend time on social media and that's where an audience lives and that's where businesses spend their time, no matter what platform it is, LinkedIn, TikTok, you name it. So getting on there and just creating content. And what I mean by content is videos, posts, thoughts, articles, infographics, podcasts like this, right? Anything that you can do to just start creating the content and giving value to your audience, just giving things away for free. Now is not the time to sit and gatekeep and say, well, I have to keep this widget behind a, or the software behind this big, long funnel because everybody needs my service. Well, nowadays there's five, six, seven, eight, 10, 15, 50 of the same kind of businesses out there. And so there's somebody out there giving your audience the value and the answers to their questions. So you may as well get your, you know, skin in the game, your piece of the pie and just create content, create information that your audience can consume and begin to build that trust with them and then continue to grow that trust authentically. Because if COVID taught us anything and continues to teach us, it's that consumers really still value, and if not even more, an authentic connection. And they know that businesses aren't selling. One business isn't in business to sell only to them. Consumers understand that. But they want things to become as personalized as possible for that connection, right? And that trust, because they do business with people they like, don't trust. So if you just start your content creation and speaking to your audience and adding value and being authentic, I'm telling you right now, you will see rewards. We kind of call this dark social and Patrick and I have been talking about this and we're not the first people to speak about this, but this kind of ties into to the concept of dark social and creating this content that's consumed without your knowledge and then seeing how it can potentially snowball to then become a cold, you know, in air quotes, cold lead, but it wasn't cold at all. It was a post on LinkedIn and then it was screenshotted and sent to someone else in the department. And then it gets to the VP's secretary and she says, oh my God, look at this. And then the VP's like, somebody reach out to so-and-so and then you're at a company and someone's cold contacting you, air quotes again. And it's all because of some kind of value you added to a tertiary person to this contact through ways that you can't really quantify and you can't really measure, but you just in your heart know, hey, I'm putting out content. My audience wants to hear about this. I'm just trying to give it away, just trying to be authentic. And then it just kind of creeps in the dark to get to that other side, right? So I really went in a circle there. Let's bring it back to the <laughs> audience so they can kind of understand. So really, you know, long story longer is just figuring out where your audience is and just creating content that's valuable to them and just being authentic to what your business and your brand and your service stands for. Absolutely. That is a hundred percent spot on. And, and we see it happening even, even though we might not realize, oh, they're creating content. Now that you've listened to this, now that you've heard that brilliance that <laughs> Vanessa just, just gave to us, <laughs> you're going to be out there looking a little more closely at what is being put on out there. And, and, and you, the one word that you said that I just, <clears throat> I keep harping on is trust. You're building trust. And I've had people <clears throat> say this before to me. It's like, you put out all this content for free. I can only imagine what it's like doing business with you. 
you know, what am I, what value am I going to get if I actually pay? You know? And that's what, that is what is in the back of people's minds. It's like, wow, I like this person because they're, they're giving me solutions. And like you said, with that the dark social, that's an, that's a new one for me. Dark social, that is something that you may never know where that lead came from. Never, you may never, no. ever know. And you can ask all you want and you'll never find out because it just went through 18 layers and then got it found its way back to you for somehow. Yeah. And I, there are ways, cause I know people are gonna be like, well, I want to know. And like, you know, my, my co-partner and my husband is a little bit more analytical with that. And so he's always trying to kind of retrace. So there are some things that you can do. You can flat out ask people that come to you, right? If you, if they're transacting with you or say, maybe you're B2C and you have like an exit survey or whatever, you can literally ask them, how did you hear about us, right? We see those mm -hmm. surveys still. How did you find us? Like, how did you get here? And then you can kind of understand, you know, if you have more time, a bigger marketing budget, someone who's kind of tasked with that, you could take that data and then kind of understand, you know, what you need to double down on and like what content you might need to be producing more of and like where you need to be and things like that too. But I mean, it's like, it could be scary to some people and also freeing. It's freeing to me. Now you have the opportunity to stand in front of a room of thousands of people digitally and just talk about what you know and talk about all the things that like light you up and you talk about with clients that get you really jazzed. And now on social media, you have this platform of thousands of people that you can talk to. So you may as well talk about what you know. You may as well add value wherever you can. And to your point, Yes, it may feel like you're giving it away, but when we look at it from the marketing perspective, when you look at all of our social platforms, I try to give away as much value as I can. I try to give away tactics. I try to give away the secret sauce. I try to give away all of it because as we all know, there are just some people that are not going to come you know, work with you, right? And this is a little bit more service-based industry. I know there are people that want to DIY everything for whatever reason, right? That's fine they should still have the core competencies and the understanding of what's going on to make smarter choices and to make marketing work for them. So I think, okay, I have two audiences. One is I'm giving it away because there's someone who's going to want to DIY it. There's someone who's going to want to take my ideas and go to someone else. That's fine. I still think that they should have good marketing. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is they will say, oh my goodness, there is so much that goes into marketing. I am overwhelmed. I got to call them because I can't do it, right? So I want to also kind of push that limit of like a little bit of overwhelm. Like there is a lot that goes into marketing and being agile and on trend and on, on topic and things like that. So like, if you want someone who's nerdy like us to take the, the brunt off your team, off of you, then you can come talk to us. I <laughs> love it. Love it. That is so true. Love that. Everything that you said there, let me talk, let's talk about content. Let's stay on that, on that topic. So for content, you've got, you know, yourself and for me, a lot of what, a lot of what we talk about is in our brain. Okay. We mm -hmm. create it. We're, we're creative. We are, we design things. We come up with strategies, solutions. What about someone that's out there and they have a product or they're a manufacturer or a different kind of thing where they're like, well, I just talk about my product all day long. What is it? What would you, what advice would you give for someone like that? So that's actually really interesting. And about half of our client base is in, we'll say B2B, but a light B2C, right? Manufacturers and people who sell an actual thing to an end customer, right? So I think that the most important thing you can do now for creating content 
is problem out messaging. So what problems does your audience have? And you got to water it down. There are tenured businesses out there who have been manufacturing for 40, 50, 60, 100 years, right? Who may kind of get some resistance, right? They may say, well, you know, people come to our website and we want to tell them all about X, Y, and Z. But you oftentimes get to your website or your social or your any kind of content and you assume the reader knows they have a problem and that you are the solution. You need to take it back an extra step, right? Because let's say you're a manufacturer and you're looking for something to get dust off your floors, right? You're like, uh, do wood, you do metalworkings or shavings everywhere. You're like, I, my problem is my floors not only are filthy, but they're a, a tripping hazard, right? My staff say you're the supervisor. My staff slips on the floor. It is on an unsafe work environment. They're inhaling it, right? So like, you're not thinking, well, my solution is some kind of mop or apparatus to clean it up. Like I already know my solution is no, you're going to start at the beginning of what is my problem? My problem is my staff is slipping. I am getting fined by OSHA. All these other types of things is where your audience is probably starting. So when you create content in situations like that, it's what is the problem? Problem out messaging. How can you say, Hey, you have this problem. Did you know there are solutions? Oh, by the way, we are also a solution. But going back to trust, though, if you're giving away the information for free, for free in air quotes again, right? You're just talking about what you know. You're talking about your your ABC, your widget, right? And problem out messaging. Those people that are doing that research that are that influencer in those types of businesses, you know, I again, use manufacturing. They are going to look it up based on a problem. So focus on the problems what kind of solutions that you offer, education just in general, how does your specific thing work? Why would someone choose you over somebody else? Is it tenure? Is it experience? Is it unique ability to customize? Is it, you know, quoting? Is it like, right, what are, what are the things that can tie into that? So then we could take it even a step further and people are like, okay, well now I'm B2C, right? I have like an actual thing. Like I sell it in a retail store, right? What kind of content can you create that shows someone how much better their life is because they own this hat? Or what kind of life could they live if they dressed head to toe in your products, right? What kind of feeling could you invoke where they're like, oh, I do want to feel luxurious. Oh, I do want to feel carefree. Oh, I do want to feel trendy, right? So water it down kind of even more. What is someone going to feel when they're wearing your hat or wearing your shoes or whatever, right? But it's with that customer as the focus. Time and time again, customer focused, problem out when, you know, we're talking about manufacturing and, and services like that. And then, you know, again, if you're going like retail, it's like, what will I feel when I wear your clothes or step in your store or wear your hat or buy from you or whatever to tie that to that emotion? I went on a big tangent there. I hope I, I hope yeah. I answer that by giving all that information. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, so you've got just tons and tons of ideas there on how to create content. Are there any tips for, for some people that are out there, they're wearing a million hats or they're overwhelmed. I don't have time to create all this content. Are there any tips for Same. doing it easily? You know, what yeah. does it have to be these, you know, big, long form things, these half hour interviews like we're doing today? What are some tips for those who are, are overwhelmed? 
I've got a few. First is same. I mean, it's funny. We, <laughs> my business partner and husband just had this meeting earlier this week and said, what are we doing in 2023 for our marketing, right? So marketing agency focused on marketing for clients is still having these conversations, right? Because it's just the reality of any situation yeah. is there's just not enough time. There's not enough bandwidth. There's not enough whatever. So first and foremost, I'll say, honor the fact that it's difficult, right? And make it less difficult and reduce the friction by coming up with a cadence, first of all, that makes sense for you. So you don't have to go so hard and say, well, I need to post a LinkedIn every day and I need to make a TikTok every day and I need to make an Instagram real day and I need to blog three times a week, right? You're setting yourself up for, for failure. You just are. And so what will happen is you'll create really great content, then you will get stressed, then you will back off and then you won't want to do it. You'll be spotty, which isn't really good for any algorithm or SEO, so you just kind of bit off more than you could chew. I'm guilty of it. So again, here to say same, got it. But don't overcommit at first. Figure out what you want to do and what you want to talk about and the cadence that makes sense for you. So that's number one. Number two, and probably the most important one, is marketing miles per gallon. And that's Patrick's term, so I can't even take that. <laughs> so it's how do you get more marketing miles per gallon? And we talk about this a lot. So it's what is that one bigger form of content? And I say that in air quotes again, because it could be a blog. It could be an article on LinkedIn. It could be a podcast. It could be a video, right? So those are the things I think of when I think of a long format piece of content. So something that takes a lot of time, right? You outline it. You come up with something so that you make sure that you answer all the questions. And it's a really great piece of content for you in your content strategy. So then you take that and then you chop it up based on the platform in which you're putting it on, right? So podcasts like this, right? Start it at the beginning, put the podcast on all the podcast situations, right? And then I know you do a great job of sharing it on LinkedIn, right? You're just linking it back to that. And then it would be taking key points out of the interview, making a caption that goes along with a picture, right? That was relevant to that caption, like content, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like someone writing content on a piece of paper, right? Those stock images that you see all the time, yeah. right? Then it becomes... You know, you take the audio and maybe put it on a TikTok, you know, where it's just the captions, right? And so then all of a sudden you're spreading your message farther, but you've already created that long format content. You already have the podcast. You're just chopping it up. And then it's, you know, going on Instagram and just shooting a reel and saying, hey, I had this great conversation today. Let me tell you what I took away from it, right? And so then you're just re-remembering the stuff you've already done and you've already talked about. So it's fresh, you know, in whatever situation, say you're doing the same day or even later on. So then you're taking that same content that you already produced and you're already thinking about, and then you just chop it up and chop it up. So then you spread your marketing miles per gallon. You get a lot further that way, right? And if your audience isn't massive, we're not talking about like Coca-Cola and things like that. Even if you reuse content, say you put it on TikTok. I did an Instagram reel about this today. That's funny. You make a TikTok, you remove the watermark from it, and then you put it on YouTube as a short, right? There's no reason why if you have a small enough following or no following on these platforms, you can't just reuse content as you get into the cadence and understanding what each platform takes and understanding where you want to spend your time and your audiences. So you can reuse content. I'm a very big fan of that with a small uh, small audience. And then I think the third one is, is just don't wait for the perfect time. Everyone gets kind of like cold feet. They're like, oh, this isn't perfect. I can't put it out. People crave authenticity. That, that's why TikTok is so viral and continues to be viral because it's such an authentic platform. If you show up as authentic as you can, 
and just put the content out, even if it's not 100% polished, you will find more people will connect with you because they feel like they're your friend. They're trusting you. They understand you're a human being and so are they. And that's really the three best tips that I can think of that are going to hopefully make it easier for people to understand content isn't scary. Demand gen is not scary. You just got to kind of start and then see where it goes and then give yourself grace along the way. This has just been pure gold. I love this. <laughs> and, and you just gave every, you, you're giving them, like you said, you're just giving them the secret sauce today. You're putting it all out there and giving people the tips and the tools that they need to get this thing rocking and rolling for their business, their company. Uh, and for, you know, we are a podcast about trade shows. So thinking about trade shows, you're calling, if you're an exhibitor, start now, whenever your show mm -hmm. is, and just start dripping that stuff out now. And then think about this, when you get to the show, you get to the show, well, you have to reach out to the show first, see if you can be a speaker on a stage, because yes. then you're, you are positioning yourself as the thought leader, the expert in the room, and then you can gu guide everyone in the room back to your booth and you can talk about the great audience you had and the talk you had and all that. And that is more of the demand gen that Vanessa has been telling us about today that, but just put that in, in the uh, trade show world. Oh, this is, this is great stuff. I'm getting a little goosebumpy over here. <laughs> well, trade it. shows. Yeah. Trade shows are really big for our manufacturing clients. And another thing I'll throw out too, is if you are big enough, find influencers. There's influencers everywhere in every industry. So let's say you have a trade show and part of your, and this is where you come in because you're way more well-versed than I am in this. You want it to be more of a, a lead generation for a specific product that you're launching, right? You're waiting till your biggest trade show to launch a product. Try to find influencers as part of this demand generation, get them to produce UGC, which is you just generated content and they will drive interest and excitement and help you expand your network farther with the use of their platform that they already have. Now I'll tell you the sweet spot is someone who has a big enough following, but we're not talking about millions. So if you do take this advice and someone out there is going to look for an influence in their industry, I mean, on most social flat platforms, like if they have like less than a million, but more than like a hundred thousand, that's a nice sweet spot where they have enough of a tight knit community that they've built and enough people interact with their content that they're them endorsing your product at all and using it and talking about it will absolutely drive interest, will absolutely get you leads, will absolutely work on that demand gen in ways that you will have no idea until after. And you're like, holy moly. And you know, it's not even you. So it's more authentic that way. So to tie it to trade shows, I actually have a client in February or in April who has a huge trade show and that's exactly what we're doing. We're getting our product in their audience in some of the, the most known people in that specific audience. And we're getting them to use it, to test it, to play with it, to talk about it, to beat it up. In this case, I can't really go into like too much specifics of like who they are, yeah. but like really get their hands on it and see what they think because then they post about it on their social. And then people are like, oh my God, what is that? Right. And then all of a sudden we have an influx of, of interested parties because they're like, well, I saw it on XYZ. I have to know. So tying it to trade shows and how to use that, not only can you create the content, but you can also leverage other people that influences your industry to get even more demand and continue that relationship in the industry. 
This has been absolutely outstanding. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much for coming on here. And everyone, I, I know you're going to have people share this to share this with someone who you really like. They will just love you. This is great. There, there's so and so many things that I'm going, wow, I am just I'm learning so much today. I have learned so much today. Marketing miles per gallon. I love that. Problem out messaging is another concept that I've heard maybe in, in different with different terminology, but is so, so important to find those pain points that that and the problems that your your target audience is going through and how do you solve those and yep. that is that is a key key point of of demand generation wow vanessa i could talk to you all night but we gotta <laughs> want to wrap this up yes here. i know but, i can uh, go on forever too <laughs> but if you could leave people with one or two really key points you want them to take away what would those be marketing is not scary there are so many tools out there, which is the most ever overwhelming thing. So in all 100% sincerity and honesty, if you find me on a social platform and you have questions, please ask. I will give you what I think works in your industry, what I think you can do well with, where not to spend your time, because that's often where people spin their wheels is like being too many places. Please find me. Ask me the questions because marketing is not that scary. It's not that overwhelming really in the end when you know a few key things. And have fun go back to having fun in your content in your marketing right there's always going to be c-suite that says give me the metrics but try to push the limit and have fun get creative the sky's the limit now absolutely i couldn't agree more and and hopefully you you are influencing people to to do just that to have some fun if people wanted to get yes. in touch with you what's the best way for them to find you and reach out to you i would say linkedin i am definitely very active on linkedin i'm always on there so you can find me there and shoot me a dm or follow me or whatever because i talk every day about marketing some kind of part of it <laughs> or zangardi.com is our website it's really easy it's my last name z a n g a r d i Com. Awesome. And I will I will put the links to all that in the show notes. So click on the show notes button and you will find all of that. Do reach out to her. She is an amazing wealth of knowledge and a ball of energy. And I absolutely loved my time today <laughs> with you, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a blast. It was. It was. And everyone, continue to binge on these episodes and you will get better. And listen to this again and share it out. Share this out. People need to hear this amazing information and need to connect with Vanessa. And keep coming back here to a campus each week at Trade Show University. We will see you next time.